had a wet dream, and I haven't had a wet dream in like a like fucking solid amount of time, and I haven't nutted in a long time too. Mm-hmm. I think it was like day twenty one, low key. Really? Yeah, or nineteen or eighteen or something. Damn, bro, I haven't gotten close to that in a minute. But to be honest, bro, I was kind of like reading like Reddit stories and like texting bitches and like getting kind of hard and like you know like kind of touching it and stuff. So it was like it wasn't like a clean. It's never clean, bro. It's so hard. I know. But when it is clean, dude, <clears throat> when it is clean, I feel like a fucking, I don't know, like a superhuman, to be honest. Yeah. What is that? It's honey. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, could I get some? Yeah, sure. It's all uh, organic. Oh, yeah. It's all organic. But it gets like this after a while. Like, I think that's how it's supposed to be, to be honest. Yeah. To be honest. True. <laughs> that one was gay. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. All right. You want to get into it? Oh, this looks fucking amazing. I'm just going to take a nibble. Ready to start? I love honey. Um, yeah. I had a friend who brought me honey one time from India. Oh, some mad honey? Mm, I don't know what kind of honey it was, but... Have you heard of mad honey? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's from New Zealand, I believe. I think it's from... Or it's from... there. There's different places where indigenous people, like, harvest it. Mm. I've seen it, like, Yes Theory has a video where they go to, like, Nepal or something. Yeah, there you go. There you go, Nepal. Yeah. And then there's one that um, Vice, I think it was, Vice goes to, like, uh, New Zealand or somewhere out there. Mm-hmm. Um, here, I'll get okay. Many men wish death upon me. All right. All right. Here we go. We're on? Yeah. Be with Alright, what's, what's up, up, bro? How you doing? Dude, I'm doing good, bro. You just had yourself an eventful night, right? I did. <laughs> I don't want to go in too deep, because okay. she yeah. knows that the podcast exists. Oh, okay, for sure, for sure. For sure, for sure. Shout out to that special lady who hey. spent some time with last night. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, so, the sto- you want to hear the story, or you want to just like skip it? The one of my mom. Because uh, it was actually kind of insane what happened. Dude, I feel like it'll make me feel bad. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We don't want to start with those vibes. I already got the idea. Mm-hmm. People were honking at her because she got out of her car to help a guy. And she held up like she was in the middle of the, uh, like a, a turning, like a fucking left turn lane where you could only turn when the light's green, like for the green arrow. Yeah. So she got out to go help this guy. I'll just tell you this part. And people were literally honking at her to get back in her car. And then she's like, I'm helping a guy who just got hit by a car. And people are honking. Dude. I know. I know. It's things like that. Like, I do love LA in a lot of ways. And I'd rather live here than a ton of different places. Like, there's beach, mountains, beautiful weather, beautiful women, Mm -hmm. uh, lots of, like, activities and lots of ways you can, like, be healthy and like yeah. go out and hang out with friends and like do a lot but sometimes the people just fucking ruin it yeah i think uh and usually those people aren't from la they move to la uh, they're like from or west la like they're from that area like there's a distinct fucking energy bro yeah there's a distinct energy um around that but you're right like not to even get into there because i feel like we've talked about that the last two times um this weekend I have time to myself, so I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy some self care. Nice. All I have planned: read a book, 
Drink some coffee. Is this open? Uh, yeah. Okay. Arthur just spit for those at home. <laughs> yeah. It's loogie. Just hawked it up, boy. It's around that time, bro. A lot of people are getting sick. Yeah. My allergies have been weird lately. My throat has been feeling weird lately. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if I'm sick or if I'm almost sick or... It could be allergies because I was experiencing some somewhere. Yeah. But I was taking some uh, echinacea tea. You heard of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds familiar. It's, echinacea. Yeah. It's called, like, throat coat. Damn. That's what, uh... That was my nickname in high school. <laughs> Throat coat. Throat <laughs> coat for all the dicks. Yeah. Kept them warm. Um, let me see. What else is going on? I don't know. I had good ideas earlier in the week. Um, hmm. <laughs> hmm. Well, I can say that for the last, like, few weeks or so, I've been more on my physical activity grind. That's what's up. Like, this last week, not as much, maybe. I still hit the gym a lot. Yeah. But I've definitely noticed, like, getting in, like, two-plus workouts a day and being, like, consistent about it and not giving myself the time to debate whether I do it or not. Bro, that's huge. Not giving yourself the time to debate. Yeah. Like, um, no question. Like, I'm just yeah, going to do it. You're going to do it. Like, that's actually an important muscle to build. Um, not wanting to do something and then doing it anyways is, like, such an underrated... I think Goggins talks about it. Joe Rogan talks about it. Huberman talks about it. Huber, Huber Daddy. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about that doing hard things. Yeah, bro. Working out when you don't want to is, like, better than working out when you want to. I think yeah that's supposed to be good for your brain like i was Discipline. listening yeah i was listening to huberman and he had goggins on actually like a couple weeks ago uh -huh. um like for the new year's or something they were talking about um when you do something you don't want to do mm. and you do it anyways yeah you build the part of your brain like like there are physical changes in your brain that happen in the portion that in the part of your brain that controls willpower mm -hmm. so like when you do hard things that you don't want to do like if you want to do something then it, you don't get the same effect like if you're like excited about going to the gym then it's not the same thing mm -hmm. but if you like drag yourself out of bed you're like Ugh, and then you do it yep then you literally build willpower in your brain yeah and it for sure gets easier you know yeah. like waking up early something like that gets easier and easier over time i think you get better at like ignoring that little section of your brain that goes maybe today like let's take an off day mm. you get better at ignoring it and yeah. then when you get better at ignoring it that's probably what's like easier you know yeah because when i used to wake up at five in the morning for uh 6 a.m workouts in high school Dang. i would fucking dread it every day never once was i like oh i can't wait like yeah. it was never i can't wait it was like fuck dude yeah. But you, you just do it over and over again to the point where it becomes routine. And then, uh, and then like it, it starts benefiting you. Like you, you start having a lot more 
I know, bro. That's that time period of my life was when I had the best grades, mm-hmm. when I had the best like uh, routine. I just did my homework at a certain time. I went to bed at a certain time. Like I just had it ironed out because there's no room to bullshit anything. There's only room to get it all done or it all just crumbles. And I just, I lose sleep. I lose uh, homework. I lose everything. Like, yeah, there was none of that. There was none of that. Like I needed to get it done. Yeah. There was no, there's no, like maybe today I don't do my homework. Nah. It was like, you just need to get it done. Bro. Yeah, for sure. When you start the day off like that, it just puts you in the mindset where you're like, accomplish one thing. What's next? Yeah. You know? And then you're like, what's next? Yeah. Look up. <laughs> and then like, you know, you can like do your workout and then you can like go sit down on your computer and get some work done or whatever or like study yeah. and then like after that then you're like all right well let me take like a do a meditation or something yeah it's like a you get the ball rolling for the day yeah and it's just like you get hella momentum mm-hmm. and then you know do that one day do it the next day if you do that every day for a week you know and like you can have a rest day like still do some things like if you take the day off at gym, like you can have an active recovery day, like yeah. go for a walk or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, so that's okay. But like, if you have a whole week and every single day you did all these things, like that's what makes a good week. Yeah. Like, and then you feel good going into your next week and you're like, all right, what did I do to feel good? Like what, yeah. what changed? Yeah. And you look back and you're like, oh, I woke up every day and I got to work out in immediately. Yeah. And then you just got to replicate it. That's the problem is like replicating it. Yeah. But when you, what you said, like you build momentum and also you start realizing like, okay, the, the reward that I get for working hard is worth it because now I know what it feels like to have this feeling of peace of mind of like, you know, a fit, strong body. And I know what it feels like to have the opposite. And the reward is like, it's worth the, um, it's worth going through that routine. Yeah. You know? So sure. I, yeah, 100% agree, bro. Yeah. I 100%. definitely can relate to that because like, yeah, like two or three weeks ago, I had a really solid week. I was also on no fat that week. So then like the next week, I like wasn't quite feeling as good. And then I was trying to think like, what's different? I was like, well, jerked off every morning. <laughs> 50%. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's also like, I feel like a huge root of your motivation to do hard things is your sweet sleep quality. Cause yeah. like I was getting shitty sleep that week too. Yeah. So then I wake up in the middle of the night and like can't sleep. So I'll be like, well, let me try to jerk off and see if that helps. Yeah. Dude, I woke up like two or three times last night oh. and two out of those three times, or I think every single time I, it was a loud fucking fart. <laughs> Bro. It woke you up. Yeah. It was so loud. It woke me up. It's like what dogs do. Yeah. And then, like they look around for an intruder and the yeah. intruders coming out of their ass yeah yeah i i did that and, oh, and i think that i think that honestly like it has to disrupt your sleep right what farting like <laughs> like waking up oh yeah right like it's not the same eight seven and a half hours just all the time asleep isn't the same as seven and a half hours where you wake up a few times right yeah i think you because you gotta have like undisturbed like REM yeah you gotta have REM and then you gotta like but the REM only comes after a certain amount of non-REM sleep and then it comes in cycles so like Mm. and you get more during the end of the night so after like two hours of non-REM sleep you'll get like 15 minutes of REM and then another two hours then you get like 30 minutes of REM Mm. and then by the end of the night you get like a solid like hour of REM or so and that's when like your dreams the most vivid like right before you wake up in the morning dude I had some 
vivid fucking dreams the other night. Yeah. Um, I felt myself like getting pierced. Like really? someone stabbed me in, in the dream, and I woke up and my side was hurting. It's insane. Damn. Yeah. Someone like stabbed me with like a pitchfork, like a devilish woman <laughs> stabbed me on the side. It's gonna freak me. It, it just like it, like my entire room was kind of freaky. My entire body like seized up because there's like a bunch of heat yeah. like, just coming into my body from here. Mm-hmm. And then um and I woke up and I like I had to like fight to move my body. Mm-hmm. Um but I felt that pain like located in that region that I just got stabbed in in my dream. Have you felt it since? No. It was just that one time. Interesting. Yeah. And it was a woman and I remember like I was in a house that I was in a house that I knew I shouldn't open the door when someone knocked on it. I was like, I shouldn't open this door. I know something bad is going to happen, but I don't want to be rude. And I don't want to leave the people that just knocked outside the door, like just waiting out there. So I opened it and it was like one of my homies that recently him and I kind of had like a bad interaction where we went to a rave and like, I know I felt like super judged around him. Like he was like teasing me and like bullying me throughout the night. Then I asked another friend, I was like, was he like kind of overly kind of like uh, making fun of me, almost bullying me? And my friend goes, no, no, he was bullying you. Like he wasn't almost, he, he was. And I was like, fuck, dude. like I, I'm on drugs. I'm like high as fuck. Like the last thing I want is somebody like teasing me. Like, yeah, I want somebody that's going to be like, you know, hey, bro, like you okay? Like you doing all right? Like, you know, try to make me laugh or something. Yeah. Not poke fun at me. Yeah. And so um, he was in the dream when I, when someone knocked on the door. It was him, and he came in recording, like, as if he knew what was about to happen. And then the, the devilish woman came in afterwards, and then she, like, stabbed me on the side. Or, no, she told me, she's like, you're about to die, but sh- but you can choose how you want to die. Like, what position you want to lie in. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to lay on my belly. So like, all right. And then she, like, I laid down on my belly, and then she just goes, and I was like, Aah. and then I woke up. And my friend was recording the entire time in, in the dream. Thing. Yeah, you wake up and he's like recording you. Oh, fuck. I know he's there and just like, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of weird, but um, it's too bad. It's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I hate when like friends are like that. It's like I haven't, I can't remember the last time something like that happened. But like, yeah, sometimes just getting like bullied too much. Or I've been on like, um, like one time I went on like a trip. Yeah, or, like a road trip with some friends. Um like one guy and two girls and then we like met up with some other friends like at, you know stop or two but it just felt like the whole time because i was the one who organized it i was also the one like i brought them all together because mm-hmm. they were all like single friends of mine and then i like formed a friend group out of that okay and it what became an orgy nah unfortunately no but maybe next it was time. a yeah it was a good trip <laughs> we basically like started at ucla and like drove to the bay along the coast and stuff like That's classic, cool. and then um, when was this? A few years ago, okay. like pre twenty eighteen maybe. Oh, pre pandemic. Yeah, but yeah, I felt like they were just freaking making fun of me the whole time, and I was like the butt of the joke, and like, I, but I was also the one who like brought them all together. I planned everything. I did all the driving, like you know, all that stuff, and then they were like making fun of me. Which is okay. Maybe I just didn't have as thick of skin as I do now or something. But yeah, it was also like we left LA at like 4, o'clock, 4 p.m. And I told them, I was like, yo, guys, got to leave at like 2. Otherwise, it's going to be crazy traffic. And then, of course, everybody's late. And I'm yeah. like waiting around. 
we leave it like four out of Santa Monica. It takes mm. three hours to get to Thousand Oaks. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, that little spot in PC of PCH in Santa Monica, like where there's a, a cliff that you drive down. Yeah. That will take you forever to yeah. get through. Well we went on the ten and then the four oh five. Ten to the four. Okay. Four oh five north. Oh shit, yeah. No Everything's just fucked. Dude, Around, so fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Hate being out there. Yeah. I don't know how people do that shit, bro. Every day. Imagine that. Dude, holy shit. And then you're just like this, and, and I look around at people in their cars, and they're always just like, like mindless, like just numbed out of their, their fucking skull. Yeah, gotta like, be. Yeah, I guess, yeah. You, you can't really be present there. Like, you're just, you're in, you're in such negative. Like, yeah. I, I bump a podcast, or I try to bump some music, try to keep my spirit up. Yeah. Know? Dude, like where I'm from, like where my parents live, it's all back roads. Like the closest yeah. freeway is maybe like 20 minutes away. And that shit never gets congested. Yeah. You know, like there's there's like a few freeways like 15, 20 minutes away in different directions. There's never traffic. Yeah. Like, you know, some people commute through the back roads and stuff, but there's no traffic. Yeah. There's maybe like three cars in a row. Yeah. Buzz by, but. That's the most like. Yeah. yeah. Like sometimes they drive like too fast, <laughs> but like that's about it. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, it's a very different way Yeah, of being than compared to here, the 405, there's like thousands of cars all just like ass to ass, yeah. ass to mouth. Yeah. It's insane. Everybody's trying to get like any second they can. They're trying to cut. And if they see a little bit of room, they'll cut over to your lane. Yeah. And then their lane is going, now that lane's going slow. So they'll cut it back. Yeah. You know, just making like no progress, but just like being hella schizo out there. Yeah. Hella schizo. Anyways, um, we always get back to LA traffic. Yeah, holy shit! <laughs> All right, but you were saying about like, yeah, being the fucking—that's weird that they didn't know, they didn't know each other, but they started just like teasing you. Yeah, I think that's how they were bonding. Wow, and I was like the butt of the joke. And at one time, I lost my shit actually, which happens maybe like once every two or three years. Mm. And I was just like, I'm gonna drive this. Like, so we got to, <laughs> <laughs> we got to Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm at 1 a.m. or something okay and that's where we stopped in staying at my friend's place and we we're like hanging out and i we went to like some hangout view spot whatever uh-huh. after we like went to my friend's place picked him and his roommate up and then we like went to some other place in santa cruz there was like this empty parking lot and i just you know it was like 1 a.m. or later i just like parked like in the middle of four spots like i don't give a fuck like yeah. his mds parking lot no one's around uh-huh. they're like what kind of parking job is this what the fuck don't you know how to park i'm like there's nobody fucking around <laughs> i've been driving all day yeah can i give a fuck that's an insane like thing to even say was it i don't know that's like were they they were joking right or, yeah, I mean, yeah. they were joking. But they were like, why other, did they? Yeah. It's just like, I didn't find it funny. Yeah. And yeah. I was like tired That's, and annoyed at that yeah, point. Yeah, you drove all day and like. All night, like <sighs> just sitting in traffic. And we probably, if we had left LA at two o'clock, we probably would have gotten to Santa Cruz like seven or something. Mm-hmm. We got there like 1 a.m. Did you get in and out? I don't think so. I don't remember eating at all. Damn. Yeah. In and out was like the spot at least for me yeah. when i'm on a road trip up yeah. or down california yeah i have to get in and out that's what I, I used to do that all the time like up until before i moved in here 
Mm-hmm. I think when I first moved in here, like two years ago, I was like in a vegetarian phase, and that was mm. because I had been eating too much in and out. Because <laughs> we were like, we had a couple like road trips that summer and stuff, and just like ate in and out, like ate too much, and then like sit there in the car and you're just oh, like, yeah, you feel like shit. Your food coming out of your mind. Yeah, yeah. I in and out gets used to get me. Now I don't eat as much. Like I used to order double double and like get fries and like my fucking drink and everything now i just yeah. get like a cheeseburger and like a fry yeah that's what I and like water i get like a chocolate shake too yeah sometimes like if i'm trying to bulk i'll get the shake <laughs> yeah but um yeah like i used to do double double and like this and that and that and like it's shove it all into my face and then just feel like crap yeah you know now i get like a, a moderate amount and i eat it and i don't feel as shitty yeah um but i fucking love it now bro not gonna yeah, lie i love it now yeah it's a spot yeah um, so cheap too I know, bro. Like seven bucks, you get a burger and a fry. Yeah, like that's fucking amazing. I think seven bucks gets you like a double double and a fry. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, seven dollars, bro. Yeah, that's think, unheard of in LA. Yeah, I think a normal hamburger is like less than three bucks. Mm. Like you just got a bur- nor- a hamburger. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like the fries are the same price as the burger. Yeah, I think a lot of people hate on In-N-Out because they expect more, but I'm like, you're getting a seven dollar deal of like. A burger and a fry. Yeah. You're not going to get that anywhere else. Yeah. It's plenty. Like, yeah. bro, that's more than I eat, like, at lunch on a regular basis. Day. Yeah. Yeah. I feel it. Yeah. But, yeah, bro. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about, um, I don't know how I feel about just friends that they see that you're not really in a spot that you want to keep taking jokes and they'll keep on, like, laying them on you. Because you're like, all right, they're my friends, but then, like... They're being annoying. Yeah, are they really not listening to me when I tell them, like... When when I'm visibly uncomfortable and you're not laying... You're not giving me a break. Yeah. Like, you're just... You're just keep, you just keep ripping me, yeah. you know? Especially at that point, there's, like, five other people in the car all going at me. And they're all <laughs> talking over each other. So then that's, that made me want to yell to, like, just get them to shut up. Yeah. And, of course... That never helps, like, yelling at your friends when they're making fun of you. And then they're like, oh, and then they start yeah, fucking more fun. Exactly. Yeah. And then you just feel stupid. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah. So I guess you just gotta go along with it. I mean, are you still friends? Are you still friends with them? Um, one of them was Trixie. Oh, shit, no way. Yeah. Was she making fun of you, too? Yes. <laughs> That's one thing. No way. Yeah, that was one thing, like, I always... I don't hope she she never listens to this, but um, maybe I'll bleep out the name. But um, <laughs> rhymes with <laughs> I think I'll bleep out the name so I can talk about it. But um, that was part of the reason why I never wanted to date her because because there's this in, un- underlying tone that like you yeah, got something in a group setting. She would like kind of change attitudes and stuff. Oh, you've told me about that. Yeah, you told me that like in a group setting she kind of like changes her identity yeah and like i always used to find that fascinating when i would like be around a friend and as soon as they're around other friends they like transform yeah and i'm like whoa like that's a new person yeah you know i mean i definitely sometimes i get quiet for some reason yeah even if it's like all my closest friends oh me too like yeah like if it's if it goes from like three people to four people i'm instantly more quiet and then i'll come back around you know mm-hmm. but like the more people that show up then it takes me a lot a while to like get back to where you were prior to them yeah Yeah. dude that's i feel completely similar in the way that like 
one-on-one, -on -one, I used to tell this to my friends that um, I used to go to Joshua Tree with and like trip out there and do, you know, cool hippy dippy shit. One-on-one mm -hmm. um, -on -one with all those people, I love them. But then when we're in a group setting, I don't know why something happens. And then like, I just don't feel comfortable anymore. Yeah. One-on-one, -on -one, I vibe with each of them. Yeah. But then when we get into a group setting, but that really is a real thing that one-on-one -on -one, you can vibe with somebody. But then when they're in a group, a group identity forms. And now it's not even about the individual's energy. It's about the energy that the group is now emitting together. Mm -hmm. And the energy that the group is emitting together might be a different energy than you're like, than you resonate with. Yeah. But if you just unplug one and hang out with the one, you'll vibe with them. Yeah. But when they plug into like a group, the energy is a little different. And you're like, oh, I don't know about this. Like maybe yeah. it's a little bit of you. Maybe it's a little bit of, a little bit of them. Like it could be both. Yeah. Um, but that group that I used to hang out with, like, um, but I just saw him recently and like, it was okay. Um, I just feel that a lot. I feel it a lot, which is yeah. funny because like, I'm a, I'm in a business, I'm in a career that like, I'm always constantly in a group, mm. you know, and I'm the one talking in front of the group the entire time, Yeah, which kind of gets like sometimes a little bit scary, especially if like my nervous system isn't regulated. Mm. Um, so I feel, I feel what you're saying, but then one-on-one -on -one, it's so different. Yeah. It's like insanely different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's kind of why I feel like I came to the realization. I'm like, I, you know, I definitely like hanging out with groups of friends. Yeah. There's some activities, like if you're in a group, it's so much better, you know? And like, if every circle jerks. Yeah. And orgies. Yeah. So know, much better. Gang bangs. <laughs> bro. <laughs> We're just too horny guys, bro. Leave <coughs> uh, that one out. I'll leave it in. <laughs> but like, so if everybody in the group is on the same page, like if you're all like playing basketball together or something. Oh, dude, hooping up like, with the homies is insane. Yeah. Or, and if you're like all vibing <clears throat> at a similar level, like at the beach or like, you know, I guess if you like have some rave fam or some shit, <laughs> you're all on like the same level and you're all having a good time. But if you're like along for the ride doing something you're not a fan of as much, yeah. Like other people are having fun and you're kind of like, oh, you know, and then like someone starts making fun of you or something. Oh, dude, that's like, the worst. Bro, like, why am I even here? Yeah, dude, I, I do a thing where I've just realized it and I, oh, dude, that's the thing we could talk about too. I just had my first therapy session over the phone. Yeah. This first week. therapy session ever or first uh, therapy? First therapy session that I've gone to on my own accord mm -hmm. because before like growing up as a kid, we used to go to family court to like um back when my parents used to like fight for custody and whatnot yeah. and they forced us to go to uh family therapy at that time yeah and i would just go in and like not even really know what was happening yeah you know but um that was different because like we would just have to do it yeah this one like i want to do it you right. know so it's a little bit different in that regard but i had my first one over the phone on tuesday i think i want to say yeah i think it was on tuesday okay was it like notable at all or some intro type stuff? Or, um, or was it what? Notable. I I think it was, bro. Like just having somebody that you can talk to on a completely, like it feels professional and it also feels intimate at the same time. It felt like he was there just listening, being like a, being a non, he was trying to be like an empty plate just to like hold whatever I'm putting on there, mm -hmm. you know? And that felt good. Like there wasn't any, I felt a little bit like he was trying to be like a therapist, which um, I guess is what a therapist is meant to do. But um, 
it was good just talking and like having somebody listen and then like he would say a little bit on it yeah and like we'd break it down and it was just good like having somebody just to listen really yeah it was dope and then at the end i was like i appreciate it. like i know you're getting paid to do this and like you like you know you have to be this way but like i appreciate you being this way like just being a cool person about what mm-hmm. i'm telling you yeah and um so yeah that was good but fuck, what was i gonna say about that um oh that's right i in that group setting I sometimes, like, if I'm not having a good time, but I don't want to show other people that I'm not having a good time because I don't want them to start having a not a good time because I'm not having a, having a good time. Yeah. I'll do this thing where I dissociate. Like, I'm there physically, but mentally I'm, like, completely elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed that I do that a lot more than I think I do. Like, I'll be somewhere, but I won't be there, you yeah. know? And that's like a way of kind of protecting yourself as what I've been told and what I've researched a little bit. It's a way of like plugging yourself out of an unsafe environment when you couldn't actually physically remove yourself, you would mentally remove yourself. So growing up as a kid, if you had an abusive or like judgmental or whatever type of environment, mm-hmm. you obviously couldn't like go anywhere because you're a kid and you have to stay in the house. Yeah. So what you would do is you would check out mentally. Yeah. And that's like a defense mechanism. Yeah. So I've noticed that I do that. Like when I'm not having a good time with people, I'll just check out. I just won't be there. Yeah. And they'll say like, are you there? Or they'll, they'll like talk to me and I'll be like, what? Like I, I won't fucking know what's happening. Um, so that's something that I do. Yeah. I heard in some podcasts, I'm going to butcher this, but something about like a lot of your personality and stuff or like things you do is based on how you reacted to your childhood traumas at the time that they happened like forms your personality yeah like um having maybe an emotionally abusive parent or like being neglected by your parents or something like that makes you want to be like the center of attention and like win them over and you feel like you want to make them happy and stuff bro you just like you just fucking clicked something (laughs) in my brain oh yeah not about me though about a friend that is kind of similar to that yeah she always needs to be the center of attention and she told me about like her upbringing and uh what you just said like resonates a hundred percent yeah i mean bro i bet 99.9 percent of OnlyFans girls have daddy issues i bet their dad the, like ignored them or treated them like shit or something the, and then now they need validation from, from men, men yeah with, like their body and stuff yeah dude um i know a girl who she used to work at takaya and her and i were dating back when she was 18 yeah, she had just turned 18 and we started like we met at a party mm-hmm. and she's like this little petite redhead girl like literally the embodiment of like what what like men fantasize about mm-hmm. you know on, on like the internet and whatnot mm-hmm. and uh she used to work at takaya was trying to save up money to like go to community college and then like move out and da 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 hella daddy issues like she told me about actually kind of fucked up like she told me about how her dad was like 60 or 65 when she had when she was born mm-hmm. so she kind of had like a older father that was like not really as present yeah and um one of her memories of like her dad um oh yeah yeah i'll take it thank you bro one of her memories with her dad was she fucking tried to show him something or uh, i don't know like yeah she tried to show him something and he was like very cynical older man and um he had like a big ass watch on like a uh like a rolex or some shit 
and she just like gets backhanded by her father and then she had like this rolex mark on her face she looks in the mirror and like sees this like big fucking watch i'm like damn bro and i see her acting out all these things and she knows she has like issues and all that stuff but yeah um that's the fucked up part too is that like hurt hurt people hurt other people and then those hurt people play out their hurt yeah you know and then they'll probably somehow or some way hurt another person then that person is going to act out the hurt it's like this energy that's being transmitted like we're just conduits mm-hmm. and this energy is just finding its way through the lineage of time through people mm-hmm. yeah know? yeah and then it makes you like if you date that girl you know and she's annoying or whatever or like does some shit to you you're like ah fuck that bitch she has issues fuck her she's a bitch you know, and then you could be like, fuck all women, they're all bitches. I, I dated her for a little bit, but not really dated. Like, we just really liked each other and, like, we would hang out all the time. And she was seeing other people, I was seeing other people, so we both knew, like, it wasn't a real thing. But then after a while, I did, I'm not gonna lie, I did catch a little bit of feelings. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, trying to bring it up to her, but she wasn't really about that. She was about to go to college, you know, she was about to, like, do her start doing her thing and i knew like i probably shouldn't date this person but fuck it like let's let's try Mm -hmm. and um and were you on no fap at the time i was i was dude our first date i was like two and a half or three weeks i think about two of like just clean no fap not a single fucking look or peek or touch or anything so I had just so much energy, bro, to like yeah. unload. Yeah, literally. Bro, un- literally, like it was, dude, it was insane the first time, bro. Yeah. But then that's kind of like, to me, that's sort of the downside of no fat. Because then you start having feelings for this girl that you probably mm-hmm. shouldn't have feelings for. And that's if you had like bust some nuts, I'm sure right after you'd be <laughs> like, I don't want to date her. Yeah, you like come to, you come to your senses a little bit more. Yeah, like that's what happened to me with like, uh, you know, I busted out like earlier in the week and like the yoga girl yeah there's like some 33 year old yoga teacher lady and she's like for sure very attractive in a lot of ways banging bod you know yeah but like i just you know she lives in marina del rey she's 33 years old so like marina del rey's not even far at all but like you know i would have to like sacrifice an entire like half of my day or something to or, like the whole day yeah yeah. go out there schmooze or whatever like you know I, like expend a lot of energy on my charisma and whatever and like, <laughs> like doing stuff like driving around and whatever and like yeah. anticipating it and then like you know all for the bust a nut really and yeah. like yeah I can say that I hooked up with a 33 year old and get like respect for my friends or whatever <laughs> like my guy friends were like oh yeah. sick you up, bro. Fuck yeah. Yeah. but it's all just like some you know, it's like freaking living out some fantasy or whatever, but like it doesn't really, it's not fulfilling at all. Yeah. It's, I, like, it's like some porn induced fantasy probably. And you're like, let me just fucking try to yeah. do this. I think, um, I think when you're, you're on like NoFap or Brahma, Brahmacharya, as yeah. you say in the, in the yogic texts, yeah. um, you have to be a lot more selective about the women that you're choosing to share your sexual energy with now. Now it means something. Like you, like you said, um, it can easily lead us to like the quickest nut because your body's just trying to like get, like let loose. Yeah. But um, being a lot more mindful about who who you share it with and 
uh, by no means am I like this perfect saint who only shares it with like people that are worth my time. Bruh, the people I literally am who I'm telling you about, like this girl that was seeing other guys and I was seeing other people and like we then I caught feelings for her. Like maybe it was a little bit partly due to like the no fat of yeah. me like catching feelings for a girl that I probably shouldn't. Now she hates me. We we um we ended horribly, bruh. Horribly. But I honestly dog, I'm not even gonna lie, like I still wish like the absolute best for that girl because she told me a lot of things about her past and her upbringing and stuff. And I feel for her. I'm like, you're just a girl trying to like, you know, make it through. You're in West LA. So like you're growing up in this very toxic, um, comparison driven, ego driven environment. And uh, she made an OnlyFans and now she doesn't have to work. She went from working at Takaya and trying to just scrape buy like a few dollars to make her way through college now she has a mercedes benz she fucking makes like 80k to 100k uh i don't really know uh if that's per year or per month or per week bro um (laughs) but she's like balling now bro she she doesn't have to worry about any of that um dude right right that's why all the listeners gotta like subscribe leave a review on apple podcasts give us five stars on spotify we'll do giveaways bro we'll do giveaways yeah um i don't know man i don't know i'm also thinking about moving like a lot more as of lately i've been thinking about it a lot more like mm-hmm. i want to go to utah dude yeah i want to go to utah and just like start something completely from scratch mm-hmm. you know I might be working from home. I might be working at a restaurant, being a server or like a fucking busboy. I got the fucking looks for it. <laughs> or um, maybe yoga. But I honestly kind of want to drift away from yoga. Like Really? Like teaching it? Or? Like teaching it, yeah. yeah. I want to step away for a little bit. This is kind of what happened for me in basketball or baseball too. Damn, with a lot of things. The more I do something that I love to the point where it's like, I just don't. I started not liking it as much because I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. Right. You know? I've been there. Yeah. So that's kind of how I feel right now with yoga and with teaching. Yeah. Um, But we'll see because maybe that's just like a phase or I don't really know. But what I do know is I want to go to Utah and just like try to start something new. That's cool. You know? So we'll see. Yeah. Nice. Keep the pod going, bro. Don't worry. Yeah, for sure. Over, Over Zoom or some shit. Yeah, we'll make it work. Yeah. As long as we each have a mic, I feel like that's all we need. Oh, easy yeah easy i want to get like a cool gaming setup so i'll get a mic i'll get yeah. a good mic or if i get new ones you can take that one or something oh there we go yeah write or, it off or i'll just move to utah too or something bro come through i think you would be a perfect utah man i was thinking more like boulder colorado yeah but utah's probably cheaper honestly and there's also so like much cheaper bro it's crazy national parks everywhere and stuff Dude. And i'm not really like i kind of just want to like try something new also like and um you know the main thing that's keeping me in LA like I you know like it here a lot love all my friends and shit like I like I definitely appreciate the life that I built for myself here you know but that could all come to a quick end if I get mowed over by a car (laughs) crossing the street on the way home from work or whatever (laughs) so like fuck this I'm going to Utah yeah it's like, you know, gas prices are insane, way mega cheaper there. Oh Dude, God. in Texas, gas is like $2 a gallon or less. I know. Dude, the price of living 
we just are in the most one of the most expensive places in the country yeah probably so, like i mean the only other places would be san francisco and new york city yeah but like I you like don't drive in new york right so like you're not gonna pay for gas right and mm-hmm. i'm yeah and like yeah I've, I've, but you're, you're I've, gonna have to pay like hella for rent though in new york true yeah yeah but i feel we, like LA pay is, hella for rent here too yeah yeah i think la is like for sure a top most expensive place like no question mm-hmm. but um yeah i just want to check out what other cities have to offer and stuff and bro as long as there's like young people and stuff salt lake city dude i'm telling you bro it's a it's a slept on place i used to think like salt lake city like what the fuck but then i moved up or i went out there for a little bit to go visit my homie dude everyone in their in their like 20 to like 29 that's like the the average median age of the city everyone's like you know super fucking chill like mormon beautiful women like yeah um mountain people like yoga people uh people that just like going outdoors like uh people that are down to just like hang like you know yeah no pressure yeah the food is a lot cheaper and like it feels a lot more home and local type food i don't know at least to me yeah um yeah the food here is kind of it's good pricey but yeah you can tell it's like restaurant food yeah it's like there's got to be like a lot of oil and salt and sugar or whatever yeah <laughs> like you can tell like when it's served you like there's this like sheen of restaurant food that's different than normal food yeah and you're like oh this is so delicious but like it's no way that the deliciousness comes at the cost of it being like full of fat and yeah. salt and whatever the fuck yeah your belly's not gonna be happy about it yeah msg and stuff msg um yeah bro i feel that what were we talking about before Utah? Mm. Oh, the girl you're seeing on OnlyFans. Yeah, the girl. Daddy issues. Oh, uh, freaking saving your nut for like someone special, you know? Yeah. I think like let's do some. I'm gonna talk, and as I talk, I'm gonna try to process these thoughts. But like, that's what's up. Um, All right, let's go into straight, just just a conduit, con- like just a channel for flow. Yeah, trying to figure out, unlock the keys to the universe. All right, let's do it. I'm so like into that place too to listen. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So like, when you give a girl your nut, <laughs> you're giving her like your life force energy, <laughs> like your prana, you know. Yeah. And if it's someone you really care about, then you have like good intentions about it. And it's like you are giving them a gift in a way. Yeah. Or like, and you like, this probably sounds stupid. <laughs> Not but really. like, you know, because I don't know what it feels like to have someone nut inside you. <laughs> you don't know, like, bro? <laughs> Come on. Because no. like it feels when you, when you nut, when you're the one who's nutting, you're like, you, you're giving someone something. I w- but I don't know what it's like on the receiving end. Dude, I will say there was this one time and this again is along the TMI um, threshold of what your brain might be used to, but this is just real. There was this one time I was like, um, I was making love to this actually older woman from my, one of my yoga classes. Hot. Yeah. It was, dude, she took me on a great date. Like she brought me up. Dude. Oh my God. Actually, dude, there's the first time she invited me over to her apartment. 
she drunk texted me that she wanted to suck my toes. Oh, I think you told me this. Yeah, bro. And then I had to like go through a maze to try to find her apartment. But then I thought she was like trying to bait me into like a dangerous situation because mm. she kept like she kept talking like this cryptic way. Huh. Um, was so she I, drunk? She was hella drunk. Okay. I showed up and she was like gone, kind of. Okay. Um, and she was texting me like these cryptic messages of like, I'm like, she's like, oh, I forgot what she was saying, but I remember the next day she reread her messages and she texted me. She's like, I'm so sorry about last night. I'm like, no, it was kind of lit. Like, it was like, am I going to get killed or am I going to get laid? <laughs> um, and then um, she, I get there or no, that was the first time, but the second time we went, we went on a date and then, um, Yo, we're like, you know, we're making love, we're having a good time. And I remember when like I was about to, you know, eject, I wanted to like throw her off, but she's like, no, just like, you're okay. I'm like, all right. I'm and old as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the factory is not working. Yeah. <laughs> the workers are retired. Yeah. They went on strike. <laughs> yeah. It's just cobwebs in there. <laughs> oh god. <bro. laughs> she wasn't that old, but but I get yeah. <laughs> so then like we're going. And I remember I finished, bro, and she just like says, she's like, she's like, she's like, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. And she like, I was hugging me and I was, it was just like this very intimate moment. But it also felt like I was like, um, I don't know, it felt like, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this person just received like this present and she, yeah, she's really happy about it. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I've, yeah, I think girls do like it. Like, maybe it's not as much as, like... Well, it depends, like, what guy's doing it to them and, like, what the situation yeah, is. Yeah, 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 stuff, yeah but. definitely. But assuming that <laughs> it's consensual <laughs> and they're into each other. Um, assuming those two variables. Yeah, because girls will be like, oh, that's it, baby, you know? <laughs> like, how? <laughs> <laughs> There's a girl in high school that I knew that she would always tell me that, like, Whenever I did something kind of like, like I would say something funnier that like required me changing my voice in some way, she would always be like, yeah. like how? Yeah. And then I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, it probably releases hella oh, chemicals yeah. and shit. Like oxytocin, I think is yeah. the one, the one chemical that's just flooded into your machinery yeah. of your body. Like your at least for the woman, I think oxytocin is... Is that the right one? I think it might be. Yeah, I think that's like the main one. There's serotonin. Yeah. And then I think But oxy bonds you. Like oxy is yeah. the one that's the, that's going to make you um, long for your partner now. Mm -hmm. And that is what the woman gets when you release, when you hook up. But the guy, on the other hand, is like the job is done. The job is finished. Like Master yeah. Chief. True. At least some of the guys I know, like obviously everyone's gonna be different. And we're talking very general, but that's like a real thing that some women I've heard talk on podcasts. They talk about that how like they tried to have their guy not nut for a long time because they feel like when he does, she's he's not gonna like her anymore. Uh, I've heard well, some women talk about that. That's insecurity right there, <laughs> kind of. But it's also a little bit of biology, like primitive man, yeah, like you yeah. know job finished i mean they probably experienced it before yeah but um but you're about to say like about um assuming both parties are like uh yeah so yeah if it's both parties are into it you know if you're like dating the person into it double like, tax so, 
dude, I gotta do that shit. I know. Um, but like, you know, you'd be like, if you're both into it, like, oh, I love you. I love you. Come inside me. <laughs> you know, and you're like, ah, I love you so much after, you know, <laughs> and it's like peak love and stuff. It's like a physical manifestation of your love for each other. Yeah. But like, um, like divine. Mm, yeah. A religious experience. I yeah. Would say. Dude, I knew a, a girl. Spiritual experience. I knew a girl who used to be the most uptight person. And sorry to keep cutting you off, bro. That's bad. okay. Go ahead. Um, but it keeps reminding me of like stories. Yeah. They're pretty good. I knew a girl that like she was the most straight edge um, person in, in high school. And then um, she started working at like an ice cream shop. And um, one of her coworkers was like this cuter, slightly older guy. Like she's 18 and he's like 23 or 22. Okay. And, um, and then this guy, like one time they were closing together. It was only them two. And the guy was like, oh, do you smoke? And she's like, oh yeah, I smoke like all the time. And like, she didn't really smoke. Like she smoked like maybe once or twice. Yeah, that's what my, uh, my ex said to me. She like lied about her weed and drug usage yeah just, and then you and then she came to your yeah and then she to got, smoke with you and then you're like chilling she's like literally yeah she took corpsed out she took a five milligram edible one night <laughs> and was dead yeah bro in college five milligrams gets me on a nice place now in college i would take like 85 to 100 yeah and just be like zooted but like there, coherent mm-hmm. able to order food at a restaurant able to eat it able to socialize yeah now off of like five or ten like i'm just like i want to meditate you know mm-hmm. um i don't think i could feel that i mean if i take like a month off then yes but today i would probably need like 50 plus damn really 40, 50 yeah that's pretty good i i went from this is a random story but like last time i did an international trip it was like almost two months long uh-huh. on the flight out there i'm pretty sure i hit the packs on the way to the airport pretty sure and then when you get when you get high for the first time in the day, the rest of the day, if you try to get high again, it doesn't hit nearly as hard. Yeah. Like the first time you do it hits hardest. Mm-hmm. So and I've done that a couple times where I hit the packs and take edibles and the edibles don't hit as hard. Okay. So I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I think it's better to take an edible and then let it hit for a bit and then mm-hmm. smoke and yeah. you just fucking phew. Yeah, true. You know? That's what I used to do. I'd take a little edible, I'd chill for like thirty minutes rip a bong hit and then just fucking fly yeah you know that's all i needed yeah but you hit the packs and took an edible and yeah like, yeah so on the way out i took 70 milligrams on the plane because i took 50 i had a <laughs> i had like this little tin that had a bunch of 20s which i think i remember i i gave you some i gave you like a. oh you gave me some uh or you gave me some mushroom gummy oh that's right and i thought it was weed I took it in fourths. <laughs> so, like, I just had, like, four microdoses. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. But it was good. Um, yeah. It's lit. I thought I was high on weed, and it turned out it was mushrooms, but... Did I tell you it was weed? Or did I tell you it was I mushrooms? I think you, like, left it here, and I was like, bro, you left some gummies, and you're like, oh, take oh, it. And I never really asked. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just assumed it was weed, I guess. Yeah. It was a mushroom gummy, yeah. Okay. I remember this woman used to bring it to my class. She was actually really cool. I remember she used to tell me my classes were shamanic. Um, yeah, I remember she used to tell me that. Um, she's like, thank you for your shamanic healing. Mm-hmm. There you go. For the listeners right there. Yeah, much better. Yeah. Um, I was about to say real quick, like, the 
she so the girl used to work with this guy that was 23 and um she got invited over like yeah you want to smoke like you smoke no or yeah i do she's like uh, i do smoke and the guy's like all right come over and smoke after work and she's like okay so she goes over and she smokes and um the guy like noticed like immediately when she didn't really know how to rip the bong like oh this girl doesn't really smoke like as much yeah so she um he helped her hit the bong and they were both like they had just hit the bong and they looked at each other and just started like making out and like it opened up like getting high like that for the first time and then having like hooking up yeah. from that place okay. becomes a spiritual endeavor bro yeah like it becomes something way more elevated than yeah. just like physical mm -hmm. um so what you're saying like when it's both like parties are like both parties are like into it yeah and like release hell yeah bro it's gonna be like this euphoric um experience yeah i think meditation helps too because mm -hmm. i feel like why sex is so great on weed is because you're like super present and like all the sensations are heightened yeah but like if you're really present and you're not on a substance like you can still get pretty close to that like it's still amazing like you just got to be like very like aware of all like your tactile sensations you know like you gotta be aware of the dance going on between you and that other person yeah like taking yeah. the time to like you know breathe in each other's air and fucking hold each other and like like you're, you're you're both like uh you know when people hyperventilate and they put their mouth on a bag yeah you're doing that with you cpr on each other <laughs> create like a circuit yeah <laughs> Start you both away. pass out yeah <laughs> You pass out inside each other. Yeah. You wake up, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> um, Has that ever happened to you? You pass out inside a person? I don't think I actually did, but like pretty close, basically. Damn, really? Yeah. Damn, that's cool. Yeah. I was going to say, so earlier though, my earlier point, back to giving someone your life energy. Mm. Like, so it can be good if you love each other. If it's usually, like, if the guy isn't into it, whether or not the girl's into it, I feel like if the guy is not into it, the girl's probably not into it. Like, love, you know what I'm saying? If it's just casual, it's way different. Because, mm -hmm. like, if you nut and you don't really care about the person at all, it's like a hollow promise. Like, yeah. you have this life force energy that you could really be like using to like, you know, like, like a family. <laughs> yeah. Like establish like a super deep bond and connection to somebody. Yeah. Like you could be doing that. But instead you're just like, you're, you're kind of just like wasting it away. Yeah. You know? And then it's like, it takes this whole other kind of vibe. Cause like this other one is like spiritual and loving and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But then it's kind of like transactional and yeah. like, like some recreational drug use type yeah. thing. That one feels like you're you're using gold to buy like something super cheap. You're using like gold mm. to buy. Yeah, you just don't care. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'll give away this for like another hit of like yeah. heroin. Yeah, another way to say that is you just value your nut less. Yeah, and like you just don't care. Yeah, you'll trade trade away something like precious for a momentary high, which honestly, bro, like. Again, I, we can speak about this, at least, like, you know, we can speak about this because, like, we've been there. At least I've been there. I've fucking, 
I've released in some places where I'm like, what? A, right after, I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. Where am I? You I've been there too. Out of this zombie place, like. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, I've been there too. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, bro. Like it's insane, dude. I honestly do think it's like some micro version of like a possession or like you're not really there. You're being, you're being like moved around by this energy that you're not even really aware of. Yeah. And the person, the physical person is obviously the one that's going to catch the blame. Mm-hmm. But like, how much were you actually physically there making conscious decisions? Yeah. Rather than being led by some unconscious like energy or whatever. Yeah. It's like, pretty sure I talked about this before, but like when you're not on NoFap and you're a, a normie, like you're just trying to get your nut in. A normie. <laughs> yeah. Like you're yeah. just trying to get your nut in, you know, any way possible. So like... You know, you're going through all these hoops just to have sex, whatever. You're yeah. being, like, disingenuine and all this stuff. Yeah. Or maybe you can be genuine, but, you know, it's still just to get your nut in. Yeah. But then, like, if you're on NoFap and stuff, like, you want to preserve that. And then if you do nut, you save it for someone special. Yeah. And then, was... like, when you actually do it, you're like, all right, this is what I should be nutting for. Like, somebody <laughs> I actually care about. Yeah. I, oh, fuck, I was going to say something about it, what you just said. Um, I kind of forget, but I agree with basically everything you're saying. Like, it just feels a lot more, I don't know, it just feels a lot more valuable when you, um, when you're releasing somewhere that is prominent and like actually means something to you. Yeah. Dude, I think that nutting is basically taking a drug, but you just, like, the drug is, uh, I forget what it's called, you know, but it's, like, some intrinsic thing. It's, like, within you, and you release it. Yeah. It's, like, sometimes certain drugs, air quotes, like, you take it, but then it just triggers the release of something that's already in you. You know mm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what happens with weed, because you have, like, cannabinoid receptors yeah. So then it like triggers that or something like huh. the THC triggers it or whatever. Yeah. And then that's what makes you feel high. But, um, you know, or like DMT and holotropic breathing or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's, it's in you. So you don't take anything per se, like you're not popping a pill or smoking or anything, but you still have the same exact effects as if you took a drug. Mm-hmm. So I feel like nutting is for sure like taking a drug dude sex in general like any sexual stimulation yeah like drugging yourself yeah that's why people like they'll look to take off the edge by like you know watching porn or like getting off really quickly because it's just a quick escape yeah you know but then it just makes the edge even harder (laughs) in the long run yeah yep 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 yep, you always got to get off the edge you always won't you step up on that ledge, my friend? <laughs> yeah, that's what you're doing. It's like you're trying to um, take the edge off, but in reality, you're just digging yourself even, a deeper hole. Yeah, getting yeah. even more on edge. Mm-hmm. That's what I did for a long time, dude. And I didn't even realize I was doing it um, up until like right after college. I'm like, oh, this is like a problem that I'm doing. And I've done it since I was like fucking 12. You know, so that was the first time you jerked off. I think the first time I nutted was when I was like ten or eleven. I remember I was like watching porn, and something just happened. 
Damn. And I was like, what the fuck? And I went to the bathroom and I like I looked at my pants. I'm like, yeah. And it looked like there was a scene of Ghostbusters that just got a shot. <laughs> I got that from Theo Who Bond. are you going to call? I got, I got a shout out Theo Bond for yeah. that. Because he said, he's like, <laughs> I remember he said, he's like, yeah, if you look in your pants and it looks like a deleted scene of Ghostbusters. Like, um, <laughs> that's such a funny thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was like the first time, and I remember like I'm like that felt good, and I don't want to feel bad, so I'm gonna do what feels good. But lo and behold, if you're doing only what feels good to gratify you in the moment, you're digging yourself a deeper hole in the future. And that's what happens. Yeah. I actually talked to the kids about that um, middle schoolers that are in eighth grade. I kind of brought it up yesterday to them. I'm like, we were walking, um, and I like. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, dude. I'm just going to bring it up of like, what does it mean to be a man? How do you treat women? This is how you should treat treat women. This is how you should view women. Um, things that corrupt that type of view. Like I just brought it up. Hmm. And some of them were, or a good amount of them were receptive to it. The ones I knew would, would be receptive were receptive. Um, and other ones are gay. And then the other ones are just like, you know, laughing, giggling and stuff. And I'm yeah. like, I, but then I would tell them like, why are you giggling? He's like, so I, what you're saying is true. I, I understand it, Mr. Arthur, but like, um, but it's just funny. I'm like, I get it. I get it, you know, but, but I know they feel what I'm saying. Yeah. Like something deeper inside of you always knows what's good. Yeah. I remember when I was at that age, like jerking off, I'd feel so bad after. I'd be like, fuck, I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. But then that's shame and you don't want to feel shame either. Right. You know? Yeah. It's a fine line. It is, man. It is. Um, but honestly, I feel like it's, it's the same, like if you feel shame for like skipping a workout mm -hmm. or something, just do the workout. Yeah. And like, just don't nut. (laughs) Yeah. Try to, don't get in your position, don't get in the position where you feel shame. Yeah. It's like all about, actually this is what I was going to say earlier. We're talking about willpower. I had this thought on like a hike like a while ago, like a week ago or something. Um, it's like a good day or a good week or something isn't defined by what happened to you. It's defined by the actions you took. Yeah. Yeah. It isn't about what, yeah, it isn't about what happened. It's about the reaction or the response rather, because a reaction happens quickly. Like someone does something to you, you get slapped, you slap them back. You don't even think about it, but you get slapped. You're like, all right, cool. You're not going to take me off my... Yeah, cut your losses. Yeah, you're not going to take me off my fucking energy. There was somebody that, when I was driving in the rain to get to the school um, yesterday, um, there's a light that was turning, like, it turned yellow, and I was, like, still a good amount away from, like, the... Here we are in LA traffic again. Bro, fuck! (laughs) Bro, if, if LA traffic wasn't a thing... I feel like I'd be so much more enlightened yeah. and I would have like so much more love for my fellow man, you know? Yeah. Dude, the fucker honked at me. I'm like, dude, it's turning red and it's raining and we're going like 30 miles per hour. Like I'm not going to fucking fly it into a left turn Yeah. when it's raining. Like I'm not going to just, and okay. they're honking behind me and break like, the law. Yeah. Break come on. Let's be unsafe. Come on. I got to get somewhere and I'm going to get there one minute earlier if you took that. You know, like, and I just stopped and I remember looking at my rear view and I couldn't really see the person, <laughs> but I remember looking at my rear view, rear view mirror and I was just like, 
<sighs> I forgive you, bro. I forgive you. And I'm just like, whatever, man. I don't even know who you are. I don't know what you do. I don't know what the fuck is yeah. going on in, going on in your life right now, but I forgive you. Yeah. It's not worth it. Bro, that's the battle living in LA. If you're trying to be enlightened and shit, I got to spend so much time meditating and doing yoga and being mindful and all this stuff just to like ameliorate the mm. angst that <laughs> oh, bro you keep dropping these big words where i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like trying to you know reduce like the annoyance caused by other people like mm-hmm. somebody like say I'm, my baseline's at zero somebody almost runs me over that takes me like a negative 10 so then i gotta dig myself out of that hole so I go back, I go from negative 10 to zero as opposed to zero to 10. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm just like digging myself out of that hole and be like, I forgive you. <laughs> it's okay. Be like mindful. Don't let it bother you. Like, yeah. don't let the honking bother you and the loud noises and like the angry, dumbass people. Like, don't let it bother you. Don't let it bother you. Take a deep breath. Don't let it yeah. bother you. As opposed to being like, wow, what a beautiful day out. Oh, look at this fresh air. Like. Oh, the scenery is so beautiful. Like I'm telling you, I'm so grateful to be alive. It's in Utah, bro. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. Yeah, it's just so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like even when I go for a hike, like it's like a 15 minute drive from here, and like hit the trailhead, you still hear like the sounds of LA in the distance. But like as you get deeper in the canyons, or whatever, it goes away. But then yeah. and I'm always like, that's when I feel most grateful about life and stuff. Yeah, and the deep birds. in the canyon. Yeah. Yeah. But then I know I'm like, all right, I have to go through battle to get home, you know? Yeah. That's like after this, like I end my hike with like a stressful drive home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect cherry on top. Um, but I, I always try to just like go when there's no traffic so I can just ride zoom on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, um, you know, like typically I'll go for like a sunrise hike because there's no traffic getting there. And then I'll wait until like morning rush hours over to go home mm-hmm. and there's no traffic until like two basically yeah but then like the other day on like wednesday i think i went for a hike with the homie and i like picked him up from work at like two and then we finished our hike at like four thirty-five. Mm-hmm. that was fucking hell after yeah, no, bro. <laughs> trying can't... to get from the palisades to like palms it took like 35 minutes 40 minutes or so yeah should have been like 15 minutes yeah i feel that and it's just like just you know it's stress on you it's a lot um what was I about to say? Um, I forget. Oh yeah, that's why my mom bought her house in Laverne. Oh, yeah. Because like she, she worked. She's been working in Westwood for about like twenty something years, twenty plus years, Damn. and she knows the type of people, the energy, the traffic, the fucking honking, the this, the that, blah blah blah. Um, that when she was looking to buy property. She wasn't even looking at what like West LA or like um or Torrance or something or anywhere like on the west side. Yeah. She looked as far as she could. I'm like, I just wanna have a place where I'm at when I'm at home, I'm not worried about anything like that. I just yeah. can I could unplug, basically, is what yeah. she was trying to um get to. That's what like my dad did too. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important, bro. Because like yeah. especially I don't know, man. There's some people that love the city. There's some people that don't. There's some people that are realizing very quickly that they don't. Um, I am starting to understand now, like, what people mean. 
those city people like it's, it's yeah but it's funny because like i've only been from the city but when i go out to like utah or colorado or somewhere out there yeah like i just feel a lot more at home at peace with like people that are in this different way of living they're outdoors yeah, yeah. you know they're not confined they're they're extremely friendly yeah. they'll let you merge in they'll like actually yeah, genuinely care about they'll stop it stop signs stop it like yellow going on red lights yeah like, drive the speed limit don't cut you off like, yeah bro even the bay like uh you know most of the bay is suburbs mm-hmm. aside from like oakland sf santa like downtown san jose downtown berkeley and stuff like the yeah. rest of it is all suburbs mm. and like people stop at the stop sign let people go if they see you about a walk they'll stop like way back yeah not everybody but it's just so much more common it's like the the culture there is a lot different yeah yeah it's the culture bro it's like that's the sucky part is that some people don't even want to be that way it's just that they're that way because everything around them is that way yeah well every it's like when people make turns through red lights and stuff which happens at every single red light mm-hmm. there's always people making turns and stuff after turn the light turns yeah but it's just because they're like well everybody else does it bro um or that's some sheep mentality bitch ass motherfuckers <laughs> yeah to cursing them out through yeah. the through the podcast yeah we had the camera <laughs> um dude that's actually a really interesting uh point because there's this um psychologist that interviewed nazi germany's concentration camp workers and they talked about they tried to interview them and ask them like how do you cope with like having done some of the most horrendous shit on this fucking planet in the last like uh, you know modern time or, or whatever the fuck how do you cope with that in like trying to live the rest of your life but a lot of them don't even think about it they're like oh i wasn't like i only like pressed the button um or I only walk them to the gas chamber. Or like I only like um I only operated the train. So like I wasn't really the one doing it. Like it was other people and I was just like the train worker. I was just like the coal person. I was just the person who walked them there. I was just the person who pressed the button. I was just the person who did this. Like yeah. they were able to disconnect themselves and say, I was just this. I didn't yeah, I didn't it was just it. my job. Yeah. I was trying to get a paycheck. And it's like that is their way of as we hear honking that was their way of rationalizing it and i think that's kind of what happens when um everyone else does it like everyone else turns on red lights everyone else cuts off people everyone else drives this way like everyone else honks yeah it's the culture and then like you start doing things not because you even want to but because the outside environment is conducive to that type of behavior yeah and then it um it kind of provokes more of that energy to like linger around yeah i tell my mom there's a lingering energy that you can feel as soon as you get into West LA. There's just a different, something is different in the air. Yeah. Something is definitely different. Yeah. And I grew up in East LA where it's like, bro, it's poor, it's ghetto, there's gang shit, there's all this shit going on. But there's a lot more just like looking out for your fellow neighbor mm-hmm. there. Even though there, even though there's gang, gang violence and like, all this dangerous shit going on, it feels less like tense. Yeah. It feels like I I feel safer in East LA than I do in West LA, bro. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, driving is so dangerous. 
Yeah. Like, if you're in a car, if you're on a motorcycle, if you're on a bicycle, if you're walking. Like, if you're around cars, you know, and people, like, doing illegal shit. And, like, when you're taking a turn through a red light, you're not looking, you know what I mean? Like, somebody could have... When a pedestrian sees the white guy light go, they walk onto the street. Not even really looking. They're like, oh, the light says to go, so I could go. Unless you know that everybody around here is an asshole... Like, if you're visiting and you walk across the street, normal as hell, mm. you can just easily get mowed over. Oh, yeah. You got to cross the street looking to avoid a car. Yeah. Instead of just crossing the street looking to just get to the other side. Yeah. It's like playing uh, Crossy Roads. Did you did you ever play that game? Like, uh, I know about, like, Frogger. Yeah, yeah. It's like Frogger. Yeah. yeah. Crossy Roads, dude, I was a fucking absolute tank at that game. Dude, it was yeah. disgusting. I'm a tank in real life. But. <laughs> um, I kind of agree with like the danger aspect or like feeling safe and stuff like West LA versus other places LA. Like I've interacted with people, you know, from West LA and then people who work in West LA from other parts of LA, you know, like you, like mm-hmm. those people are always way more chill and it's so much easier to make just like a, chill genuine connection mm-hmm. like a couple like rappers i worked with just instantly chill like we can easily just like smile at each other and just get yeah. on the same vibe you know even if they're like fucking got neck tats and shit and i'm just like some random like <laughs> white dude like some random still, jewish boy <laughs> yeah like but they i think they can sense that i'm like not some asshole from beverly hills you can, like, dude, you can feel it immediately you can just feel it like, yeah it's um yeah, what you're saying is 1,000% true. Yeah, and it's like, you know, like, gonna smile to some scary-looking dude who works at a restaurant or whatever, but, like... Yeah. And, like, um... What, what you know, it feels like, or... Did you... I was gonna say, like, you know, I always would, like... Uh, like, lately I became friends with, like, the front desk security guy in my office building. And, like, nobody talks to him. Mm-hmm. It's always, it's like, he's a like, slightly newer guy. When I first started working there, it was like some Middle Eastern guy at the front desk. Like a couple other people here and there. And there was like a couple black ladies for a bit. And then right now it's like a couple what? black ladies. And then African American women. There we go, bro. Come on. Dude, I don't We're think, in LA. I don't think they like being called African American. Yeah, it feels, um. They're not from Africa, bro. It feels like. I don't know. It feels like we're labeling them in a way where we're doing it to feel better about ourselves, but they're not. They don't even. Yeah, I mean, we're doing it more from a place of like, oh, it's like better for us is to call you African American. But these people, they don't like. Like, just call me black, bro. Call me Jewish. Call me Mexican. Call me. Don't call me indigenous. Like this. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Or just call me what I am. Yeah. I know. Nobody calls. There's no Polish Americans, (laughs) Irish Americans. You know. Yeah. And those people came to the U.S. way after these black people came here. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. But you were saying. I think it's just because people are uncomfortable saying black. Yeah. But they're totally fine saying white. It's weird, man. It's a weird time to be alive. I mean, the word black is a color. Does kind of, yeah. It comes off kind of weird. Like, black. That's why it kind of stopped you, like, just kind of teasing at it. But, but then I've, but I've literally heard black people say, I'd rather be called black. Yeah. They're not, they're Dude. like, I don't want to be called African American. There's this one time, there's this one time that Larry Bird and Isaiah Thomas. Um, back in the day, obviously, because Larry Bird, like, you know, an old head now. Yeah. But back when he was in the NBA, like, balling out, 
Isaiah Thomas was one of his rivals on the D Detroit Pistons. Wait, Isaiah Thomas plays currently. Um, other Isaiah Thomas, like there's another one. Mm -hmm. oh, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. And the other Isaiah Thomas was insane, bro. I feel we like I was that like in the Last Dance documentary. Yeah, yeah. He was on the D Detroit Pistons, and he was yeah. one of the bad boys. Yeah, I remember. That. Yeah. So he um, used to talk a lot of shit. He had a big mouth, bro. Big fucking mouth. He talked hell of shit. And um, one time, they were talking to him about Larry Bird, and he told uh, the media, he was just like, man, I feel like Larry Bird, the only reason, like, if he was just another black guy in the NBA, you wouldn't talk shit about him. But because he's a white guy in the NBA, all of a sudden, he's like a special dude. And then everyone was like, oh my God, he just said that, da, 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 da. the media ran with it, this and that. And then finally, when it came back to Larry Bird, like weeks later about, how do you feel about... Um, they finally asked him about it. Like, how do you feel about the Isaiah Thomas comments? And he goes, um, I mean, I don't really feel any other way. Like, he's just mad and, you know, he's going to have an opinion. Um, but I don't find it necessarily offensive. But it's funny that the people, he's talking about me and I don't find it offensive. But you guys that aren't even involved in it, an outsider finds it more offensive than the person that the comments are about. Yeah. So he's like, I feel like you guys shouldn't care about it because I don't care about it. Yeah. Bro, so that's, yeah. That's like literally what happens in comedy all the time. Yeah, like, bro. Exactly. Like people, like if there's some trans person in the crowd, like, uh, you know, Dave specific Chappelle. Is, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, specific yeah. example, Dave Chappelle is talking about his trans friend who mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure passed away or something. Yeah. But it, it was literally like talking about how much respect he had for them and like how good of friends they were or whatever and like yeah i think he knew them like before and after or something maybe and it didn't matter and stuff yeah and he's like cracking jokes about the fact that they're trans and then everybody's like oh he the word trans enters his mouth and it's like the fact that he talks about it and like tries to provide some nuance to like and then it's like but then when you hear that it humanizes these people yeah if all you hear on the news is like trans people bathrooms like fucking get these aliens out of our bathroom you know or it's like <laughs> calling mexican immigrants undocumented immigrants like illegal aliens yeah You're like what the or, fuck <laughs> or or also um another thing is that these people that are talking shit about it they're like oh he shouldn't be talking about this kind of stuff blah, blah 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 first of all comedians should be talking about that kind of stuff because they should be able to poke poke holes into these ideas that have formed these calluses that are formed on the minds of like america and they should be able to like poke fun at it especially if the callus isn't something that's conducive to like getting along or being unified in a certain way yeah secondly a lot of these people that were upset about it these people didn't even watch it bro they, they just heard about right. it right you know they didn't actually and none of them are trans <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> a good point too um it's like uh you know, white people and stuff that are all about Black Lives Matter and stuff. Yeah. It's and like, like sometimes you're just like way overboard. I'm like, bro, do you even have black friends? Like, yeah. you know, like. I think a lot of times, bro, it's like people want to be on the winning team, on the good team so badly that they'll throw away any other, they'll tunnel vision into what they think is like, okay, this is what's going to get me accepted. And this is what's like socially like prevalent at the moment. So I'm going to do this because it's going to get me like brownie points. But they're not actually doing it because they want to do it. They're doing it because they want other people to see them being a good person and being yeah. on the winning team. Yeah. But then again, that's the culture 
taking more domain within your mind than your own authentic self having domain in your mind. Yeah. You're allowing the outside to influence what's happening within your own mind. You know? Mm, yeah, for sure. But yeah, and then they don't even really live it. Like, yeah. You know, like yeah, at the yeah. front desk. Like, everybody, like, I started talking to this dude. Um, he's probably like late 20s, maybe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he definitely sounds like, you can tell, like, maybe because I've listened to enough, like, LA rap, like, you can tell when black people are from LA versus, like, Chicago versus New York, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's accents, you know, but. Like black people have their own specific regional accents, or like yeah. being from Atlanta or something. Mm -hmm. Um, so like I could tell this dude's probably from somewhere like central, south central LA, you know, mm -hmm. like you yeah. can tell his voice. Like, um, but everyone ignores him, he's always like, Hey, what's up, man? You know, mm -hmm. and it's like talking to people, and people are just like, You know, or like they ignore, yeah. Him but stuff. those are the same people that are posting black squares on their exactly. Instagram, yeah, yeah. But then it's like this dude's trying to you know, have, like, a human interaction with these people in the building, like, yeah, you know, after a while, it started, like, you know, like, we had deeper conversations, like, learn each other's names, and now, like, dap each other up. That's so the same thing with, like, I always would do that at, like, the janitors at the gym. Yeah. You see them every day. Mm -hmm. Most people just, like, completely ignore, ignore them. Yeah. You just be like, hey, man, how's it going? Yeah. That goes so far. It really does. It really does. Like, I would always make it a, an effort to connect with the people that look like they're not being connected to. Yeah. Um, in in every situation, bro, at, at a at a yoga studio like the janitor, um, in school back when like I would see like a kind of the weird kid kind of hanging out by himself, I would go up to him and be like, "Yo, like, how's it going? Like, what are you doing?" Um, even now, like now that I'm the teacher, like if there's the weird kid in my class, like I'll make sure to kind of lift them up, elevate them, like, "Hey, good job," or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man, it's important. Those people, especially, dog, like the the people who have that that are inside and they have their community, they have their friends. Like, they're good, man. Let them be. Let them be. They're gonna be good. But the people on the outside, bro, I want to bring them in. I want to bring those people in, man. Yeah, make people feel more noticed. Yeah, stuff. make people feel more comfortable. Yeah, noticed and like comfortable around their fellow man. Yeah, you know, and because like that's something I'm, that's something I'm working on, bro. Like I for some reason have felt like more so on the outside as of lately with certain friends like especially the one that i told you about earlier the one that was like kind of picking fun at me when i was like high off molly and kind of not having a good time and physically looking like i was not having a good time like i was just so uncomfortable um instead of this person like you know and they, they told me later it was like oh I was, I was doing that to like try to help you out of that like i saw that you were uncomfortable so I wanted to poke fun at you to like bring you out of that. And I'm like, I get that. I, maybe that was the case, but there's other ways to like make me feel more comfortable when you see me visit physically uncomfortable. Like there's other ways to go about it that are a lot less harmful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, um, did he apologized or no? He did, but he apologized when he was like really high off of ketamine and like, it was like softening him up. Which I still appreciated that he went and actually apologized, but then when he got sober, it was it was like a different energy kind of, yeah. um, which kind of sucked. I feel like I should probably talk to him talk to him about that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, bro, freaking! Uh, actually, all right, wait, really quick. I do remember one time when a, a friend was shitting on me during the pandemic. I was like, you know, stuck in an apartment with like three other dudes. And we yeah. were trying to choose a movie 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, how about this? And he was like, no, that's fucking stupid. Your movement ideas always suck. Like, he just went off on me for no reason. And I, like, stormed off. I went to my room. I was like, fuck it, I'm going to bed. And then I think, like, the next day he, like, came in my room and apologized. Mm. And I was like, okay. Yeah. See, that's... that's it's like, like, some people with strong personalities like that can do some damage and, like... Yeah. You know, hopefully if you have a strong personality, you also have some empathy. So, yeah. then, like, if you do go overboard, like, you take a step back, have some self-awareness, try to, like, correct some things, like... Yeah. I... I almost feel to some capacity that... um. I almost have too much of an like too much empathy for some people sometimes where I'm like I start taking on their emotions and I can feel what they're feeling and then sometimes I even have this conscious thought where I'm like I'm gonna give them my energy and I'll just give it away I'll literally have the thought I'm like I'm gonna give them good energy and they could just have it but then I feel kind of shitty after mm. and I gotta find a balance of like all right where do I set up a healthy boundary for me and how can i uplift everybody while still like maintaining a sense of my own sense of identity self um i feel like when you do something like that it's similar to like if you have a friend who's down on their luck you loan them like 10k or whatever mm-hmm. and they use that to like turn up like they, they use maybe they're like they're behind on rent or in debt or something and that is what can really like up you know that's what uplifts them and gets them out of the situation it's like in it maybe an investment kind of similar concept like you give 10k and that like turns into like something that grows and grows over time versus if you had never done that they would have just been in that hole still Mm. for a long time and it's the same thing with like if you're with some friends or with some friend or something or like a partner and they're feeling low yeah you want to give them energy because you know you empathize with them but ideally you give them that energy like someone's feeling negative and you're you become overly positive to get them out of that negative mind state and then you know they're like oh things are good now and then they'll in turn lift you up Mm. it's like if you're having like some like if you're having a fight on a vacation or something like yeah you could just be pissy at each other but like if you turn things around then you'll like enjoy your the rest of your vacation as yeah. opposed to just like fighting the whole time or like yeah you're trying to enjoy your time and this other person's being a sourpuss yeah i um i had a moment like that at Lollapalooza. me and a friend started like and him and i had a falling out a friendship before and we like took a few like probably a year and a half not talking and then we came back and started talking a little bit and uh finally we, we hung out at Lollapalooza, and um we had a great day one a great day two um then day three like we started kind of like butting heads a little bit and then on day four before we went into Lollapalooza we were like eating sandwiches and I remember like he was kind of pissed at me I was kind of like upset with him and I just look at him and I'm like all right bro can we just like put everything behind us and just like have a clean slate and have a good like day four yeah he's like I want nothing more than that like let's just do that I'm like all right bro cool and that's it and we just like made up and we're good yeah. It was all good vibes. Made out and you're good. I think he wanted to low-key. <laughs> That's the thing with... Uh, <laughs> That's the thing with tra- men. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing with, like, traveling with friends and trips with your friends, like... or Yeah. You know, like... It get dicey, of, bro. Yeah, or with family members. Like, you just get angry at each other after a while. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go too long with um with anybody. You want just, like... Yeah. 
You want to get in, you want to get out. You want to stay in that sweet zone. You don't yeah. want to stay in that zone where like, you know, you start being like, bro, quit using all the toothpaste. Like, yeah. Quit fucking using all my hand soap. Yeah. Like, That's what's hard about being roommates with your friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why I kind of like prefer not being friends with my roommates besides just like friends that hang out in the, the apartment when I see you. Yeah. But other than that, I don't want to like, I mean, I'm not going to, like, force him to not be my friend, but I like having that boundary of, like, okay, we're just, like, homies here. We say what's up. We catch up, blah, blah, blah. And it's but, still, like, do the dishes. Yeah. Get your shit out of the fridge. Yeah. Or, like, wipe your ass, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I was going to say also, like, when you give someone something positive, I'm going to say this, and I got to take a fat piss after. And I, I think I got to go, too. I got to teach. Okay, for sure. Yeah. We. This is a good one. Yeah. Um. So when you give someone positive energy, it's, like, when you walk past someone and you say hello and you have like a smile on your face or something and you say good morning, that's like a common courtesy when you're hiking, definitely, because you like pass somebody close by on a trail. And if you're in somewhere that's not some city, then like if you see a person out, you'll probably say hello to them, you know, yeah. um, like walking your dog or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but like the funny part is when people like avoid you on purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that girl, the, the, the OnlyFans girl. She used to do that. She's like hide from people. Yeah. People would say hello to her, and she'd just look at. She'd look at me like as if I was her dad or something. She'd like someone would say hello on the hiking trail. And she'd go, "Yeah." And I'm like, like you can say it back. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. So like, it's common courtesy. There are times where I haven't said hello, especially when I'm hiking with my dad because he's pretty antisocial. So like, if he doesn't say hello, I don't want to say hello because I'm worried he'll think that's gay or something. <laughs> deep down damn i don't bro. know that might I'd, be a that might be i quiet up when i'm around my dad for sure yeah but um it's interesting yeah but um so but when i'm by myself i always or like with friends like always say good morning and stuff like mm -hmm. when i'm you know my own normal person mm. and then uh you know you say good morning to somebody give them a smile maybe look them in the eyes if they avert eye contact and if they don't respond, bro, it's such a bummer. Like when you say hello to somebody and they say yeah. nothing back, that's one thing about LA too. People are too socially awkward. Like yeah. there's so many people. <laughs> there are a that, lot of people. Yeah, like most of the vast majority of people don't say hello like that. And like especially if you're on a hike on a weekend or if you're in somewhere popular, like if you're doing the Hollywood sign hike, nobody says hello to each other. If you're in Runyon Canyon, nobody says hello to each other. Yeah. You gotta be like in Topanga on some single track trail Topanga. or something. Topanga. Yeah. The Holy Land. Yeah. And like, uh, but you know, even there and all these other trails, like you say hello and they just ignore you or they just are ignoring you from the jump and you never yeah. even get to say hello. Like, but if you say hello and they don't say anything back, which happens so often, bro, just like. It is a, a mood Dude, killer. Just such a bummer. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, you literally yeah. are too socially awkward to like vibrate your vocal cords to say hi. <laughs> That's a funny way of putting Dude, it. Dude, they're just, and then sometimes they're like, I, I've been like, bro, what the fuck is yeah. wrong with you? I've been, I've been, the thing is, I've been in both seats, but even when I'm feeling like not that social, I'll still make it an effort for me to be like, someone says hello to me, I'll be like, hi. Yeah, like, that's all you quick, have to do. Yeah, just a quick one. Like, I get it. Some people are like, you know, socially inadept or I don't know if that's the right word. Inept. inept yeah. Um, see, that's why we got you, bro. <laughs> Your vocab, hell yeah. 
So some people are just socially inept and that that is what it is. Fuck it, whatever. But at least being like a friendly, like a little friendly wave, like it doesn't have to be like a whole conversation. Like it could just be like a hi. But again, I've been with that girl. Like she was like such a little, uh, honestly, she was like a little, little introvert. I remember at the party that I was at when I met her, she had the biggest cotton mouth and um, tongue twisted vocabulary. Like she, I couldn't really understand her, but something in me, bro, something in me gravitates towards people like that, that are really scared of using their voice. I want to save them. Kind of, bro. Cause like I've been there and I've, I've, I've gone from quiet to extrovert back to quiet to extrovert like i've done that cycle a good amount of times yeah i've i've gone through it in college i was just like fucking ah and then towards the end of it when i started like taking psychedelics and like um experimenting with like drugs and like kind of going a little too far and then like my fucking roommate ODing and me going through like a dark period of my life like i didn't really know how to get out of it and if you're trapped too much in your own woe is me you can't really interact with the world how you want to because there's a veil between you and the world there's a there's a a dissonance between you and the outside yeah you feel less connected to people Mm -hmm. even just saying hello to people makes you feel so much more connected yeah and like i think i told you this last time i might have said it on a pod but like last time last time i went for a hike like you know somebody like puts their mask on oh yeah i mean as they walk past me i'm like yeah, it just feels like so disconnected from them. Yeah, yeah, I feel that, dude. Um, even when you're not feeling good, like connection is it's so important. Yeah, so fucking important. And then if you're not feeling good, do things that are gonna start to make you feel good. So like for me, what I'm about to do this weekend, bro, I'm gonna take that edible, and I'm just gonna sit and I'm gonna try to like connect to that feeling that makes me feel really good. I'm gonna try to connect to like that deeper part of myself that is uh, doesn't have any insecurities, that's not afraid of just expressing myself to the fullest ability that I know I can. Yeah. That's willing to put themselves out there and like regardless of what other people think about it, I'm still gonna put myself out there because that's what makes me feel the most authentic. Um, I'm gonna try to connect with that part of me and I haven't done it in a long time where I like take a edible or whatever and like just like sit and breathe so i'm excited to like do that because i know that's going to make me feel better about my ability to connect with other people and that's only going to help everybody you know good shit good shit all right um end it here i think that was a good one bro yeah all right good shit all right all right people you heard me earlier like this shit please <laughs> like this shit only if you want to consensually Nah, I'll fucking rape you into like. <laughs> no! <laughs> Imagine ending on that, bro. Oh, fuck. Um, be good, be good to yourself, be good to each other. Um, love your fellow men. <laughs>